Hey, real quick, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming conference that you might be interested in attending. It's the Joy in the Home Marriage and Family Conference featuring Todd as the guest speaker. It takes place Saturday, September 17th at Foothills Community Church in Marble Hill, Georgia. Hey, that's my church. The conference will start at 5.30 p.m. with dinner provided just prior to the conference at 4.30 p.m. by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I told him to do that just to get up Todd's nose. So if you live in the North Georgia area or you just want to make the drive, make your plans now to attend on Saturday, September the 17th by going to foothillscommunitychurch.org to get all of the details and your tickets. We can't wait to see you. And now, our British friend. Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. I start giving on that level so that God would owe me. Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing. Harvest responds only to seed, not to prayer. This is not about material wealth. This is about God in His providence orchestrating all of history in order to bring about that which we need more than anything else, and that is to be rescued from God. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And the do Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and messages. Special message for all the kids watching at home. What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall this is Wretched Radio. Whoop-de-doo, it's an underrated word, I'm telling you. So is Lollapalooza. We really should try to bring those back into the vernacular of the peasantry. This is Wretched Radio, hoping you will send a whoop-de-doo, anything wretched, to idea at wretched.org. That can be a story, it can be a sermon, an article, anything wretched. That isn't like the other definition of wretched, because... There's a lot of that on the internet. Otherwise, if you think it's our kind of wretched, please send it to idea at wretched.org. All right, we're going to start with uh, an email from James, which is just one of many. We've had quite a few emails that are in response to a recent video you uh, we posted where, where you told men to uh, move out and get married. Yes. So James says, hi, I'm 27 and single since the day I was born, looking hard for a suitable wife. Yeah. And I've tried everything from online dating to looking at church to even arranged marriage. Wow. I cannot find a godly woman. Not even the pastor's daughter knows how to dress properly. On top of that, I thought your video telling men to get married sounded more like telling someone to sit at the table and eat. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, who is at fault? Well, <laughs> there's a lot in there. Yeah. I'm encouraging young men to sit at the table and eat because marriage is the best meal you will ever consume. Okay, that illustration got a little garbled, but marriage is amazing. Having children is a beautiful thing. You will not do many, if anything, more profound than procreate with another image bearer in the context of a covenantal union till death do you part to make little image bearers and then train them up to love Jesus. Rush to the table. Rush to marriage. Now, do I know that there are a lot of not just men and women who are trying to do that? I do. And I, I, I will just say I was not talking to you. I understand. I totally get it. I apologize if I offended you because you thought that I was being insensitive. I sure wasn't trying to be that. But there are so many young people 
who are so lackadaisical about marriage and about advancing and adulting. Those were the folks that I had in view. So if that's you, you really do need to start focusing on bigger things, taller orders, higher ideologies, bigger goals. And there ain't many bigger than marriage and having children, if any. Please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Anonymous. It says, Todd, at the age of 32, I was told my husband and I will probably never have children. Mm. And if we were to get pregnant, I would probably miscarry. How do I guard against coveting yeah. when I see so many of my coworkers who are living in habitual sin but being blessed with children? Yeah, I, I, that's, I, I think that's a deep, deep pain and a, a traumatic event in that it's a loss. It's something that you desired and God is not fulfilling that desire. It's okay to feel sad. It is okay to mourn that. There is nothing wrong with that. Now, we know that mourning can take on a root of bitterness. We know that mourning at some point, at some point, should at least be getting better. There, there should be less of it as the days, weeks, months, potentially years go by. So don't feel like you can't have feelings about it. You can, and it's all right to mourn that loss. Where you cross the line is where you start thinking thoughts like, they shouldn't have those kids, I should. Why do they have them and I don't? Because that's that's questioning God's providence and his gracious hand. And that in this instance, he, he has it closed. It is still a loving hand. So have emotions. Just when you, when you feel yourself getting close to that line of bitterness or anger or... See, I, I don't even know. Somebody asked me a question. I've asked, been asked this question throughout the years. Is it okay for a Christian to say, I am so proud of my child? Why, why do we ask such a question? Well, it's, it's because pride. You can't, Christians don't have pride. That's a sinful thing. Well, it is a sinful thing to be puffed up. Yep, yep, look at my kid better than your kid. Okay, that's a sinful kind of pride. I, I think there can be a non-sinful kind of pride where you, you can just, wow, my kid did great. My spouse done this. I like to let people know because I'm so proud of them. I think the same thing is true with jealousy. There is an okay jealousy. God is jealous for the affections of his people. You are jealous for the affections of your spouse and children. That isn't jealous, but I uh, sinfully jealous. That is, a, that is a biblical kind of jealousy. And I think if we're careful with this, we could say to a woman who is hurting because she hasn't had a child, you can see somebody at the park with children and say, mm, that would be so nice. I, I, I just think that's a truism. Now, jealousy that is sinful would be the one that has resentment hiding behind it, that says, I'm jealous because you got and I don't. And you shouldn't, and I should. So be careful with your emotions. Uh, on the one hand, we want to make sure that our emotions are never crossing the line into sin. On the other hand, we want to make sure that we don't get so sensitive about feelings 
that we never have them. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right, let's go to the other side of that question. Hmm. This one comes from Devin, who says, Hello, Todd. My name is Devin from the Lotham State, Lotham State of uh, Communist California. <laughs> uh, my wife and I are currently expecting our third child, but a question we often get asked is, When are you guys going to be done having children? That's too bad. So my question is, how do we know when we should stop having hey, children? Hey boy, you know, isn't that question just the 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 zeitgeist that that we currently live in? That we think, oh, you got three kids. What in the world? What are you, the Duggars? What are you, homeschooling? Clearly, they don't homeschool because they only have three kids. If they were homeschooling, they'd have at least six of them. That's why we were a bad homeschool family. We only had three kids. <laughs> that is that is a bit of the tone of the age. Now, I can't say if that was the attitude 100 years ago or 200 years ago or in a different zip code. But it definitely is a sign of the times that having a lot of kids is just so, oh, I think we need to shun that attitude. If somebody asks that question, try not to take it offensively or to be offended by that. We don't want to be eggshell Christians where we just, oh, anything just causes us to crack. That's just the attitude these days that permeates our society and even, frankly, the church. But... Having said that, that doesn't answer the question at hand, which is how many should you have? And the answer is how many do you want to have? That's the answer. I am of the opinion that our quivers do not need to be bursting at the seams. By the way, that psalm is talking specifically about sons as being warriors as opposed to just having a full quiver of children. That aside, I don't think it's a sin to not have children necessarily. It can be a sin to not have kids. There could be selfish reasons. There could be issues in your life that you're not addressing that are keeping you from doing something that you know you maybe should be doing that. What am I hinting at? You're you're just, you're not happy about job. You're not happy about career. You're not happy about where you live. You're not happy perhaps about your income. I just don't want to have kids. Well, then fix the stuff. Then you can make a clear-minded decision about how many children you would like to have. There is not a Bible verse that says you need to have at least 4.2 children. The Bible does boast about kids. They're great. They're a blessing. Have as many of them as you can and want, because it's not a sin to not have babies. How do I know? Jesus didn't have children. You could say, well, that's because he was the Messiah, so that's different. Hold on. If it is a sin to not have kids, then Jesus would have been sinning, whether Messiah or not, and we know he wasn't. So we know that not having kids is not a sin. And if you don't care for the Jesus example, consider Paul. He didn't have children. He wasn't sinning. And you aren't either. How do you make the decision? Can you consider circumstances? Yes. I don't think climate change should be on the list of concerns that are reasonable and valid. I'm not even sure, really, that a crumbling culture is a reason to not have a child. Maybe your child could help build that culture back up by preaching the gospel, of course. There can be some circumstances that are challenging and maybe right now a health issue. 
It could be the issue, or we just want to wait until this time. Be careful of that. But having said that, it doesn't mean that you can't weigh different considerations, put them on a scale, and make sure that on the other side of the balance is a big, clear, biblical understanding of the blessings of children. I'm telling you, the parent-child relationship gets a very bad rap these days, and that's a bummer, and clearly it's keeping people from having children. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Have you ever wanted to break bread with Todd? If so, you probably shouldn't. The guy chews with his mouth open. But let me tell you about our newest production here at Wretched. It's called Breaking Bread, and Todd sits down with a special guest each quarter to discuss pertinent issues Christians are facing. Guests like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Steve Lawson, Justin Peters, Ray Comfort, Tim Challies, and others. Those guys were selfless, and they sacrificed themselves for you. They sat down and broke bread with Todd, so you don't have to. You'll be able to view a brand new Breaking Bread each quarter totally free on the Wretched YouTube channel. Hear topics like racism, aging and dying well, shepherding a child's heart, the fear of evangelism, how not to be a discernment jerk, and more were all discussed on Breaking Bread, which is another production made possible by our gospel partners. To learn more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, just visit wretched.org slash donate. And to learn more about Breaking Bread, visit wretched.org slash breaking bread. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Books of the Bible. 
John was a disciple and close friend of Jesus. John's Gospel presents Jesus as the Word become flesh, God in human form. He also emphasizes belief in Christ as the only way, truth, and life. God writes so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing, we may have life in His name. Believe in Jesus today and have life everlasting. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. No, you're wrong. This is Wretched Radio. You thought I was going to say, please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Well, I'm not. Instead, I'm going to say, please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, and prayer requests. To idea at wretched.org. See what I did? I, I changed the opening to a whoop-de-doo. Ah. And now we've added to our list of things that you can send to us. We're happy to pray for you. Just send it and we will do it. <laughs> to idea at wretched.org. And actually, if I could do a reverse prayer request, I just saw a picture of the Martys from the Tomorrow Clubs. They're in Africa and they are working hard. They want to open up hundreds of Tomorrow Clubs. It's hot. Sometimes it can be a little a little risky to be there. And as you know, Cindy is, has some health challenges that can make doing her work difficult. So please be praying for the Martys and pray that God would expand his territory by opening up hundreds of clubs in Africa. It's unbelievable the work that these two do. Paul and Cindy Marty, it's unbelievable. And while you're praying for the Tomorrow Clubs, would you please pray for the kids that God would save them? Would you pray for the volunteers? There are thousands of volunteers that weekly meet with kids to share the gospel with them. Pray that they would be encouraged to press on and that God would use them to save oodles of kids, even kids that are in orphanages. Be praying for the Tomorrow Clubs. And if you'd like to become a gospel uh, they what do they say? A oh, gospel? What do they call themselves? That they want you to be a gospel sharer person. Yeah. No, we're gospel partners. We, we are gospel partners. They want they want you to be a ministry partner. That's uh-huh. it. Doesn't have the word gospel in it. <laughs> I'll have to send a text to Paul about that. Become a ministry partner of the Tomorrow Clubs. It is a great ministry, super efficient. Kids are getting saved. Churches are being strengthened. You can learn more at Tomorrow Clubs dot org slash wretched and send questions comments conundrums snarks and prayer requests thank you to idea <laughs> at wretched.org all right dear mr todd Friel, this is from hope she says right now in my school we are reading catcher in the rye which unfortunately has a lot of blasphemous words in it so my question is should i continue to read it and do my homework or should i not it seems, it seems unavoidable, and I would rather obey authority. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. There's there's a conundrum, not just for a kid, but for somebody who works, their business, they're doing this, they don't think they should be doing that. What do you do? I think with something like that, with a book that you believe is causing you to consume things that you don't want to digest, if it is offensive to you, I, I think... One of the options, you you if if you choose to do it because somehow you're able to make it past those things, that's your call. But here's an option for you. Rather than just saying to the teacher, I'm not going to read this garbage, say, dear teacher, I'll get ready for this one. Dear teacher, this book, oh, 
I, it, it's a classic for a reason, but there's a problem with it. It really offends my sensibilities. And by the way, if they stop you and go, well, what do you mean? Just say, it offends my sensibilities. I, I, I don't think it's necessary to defend how I'm feeling about this book. It's triggering me. That's right. Tell them you're being <laughs> triggered. And that's like, whoa, you just fired a gunshot, which is a little bit ironic. They, whoa, no, no, I triggered somebody. Just say you feel triggered by the book and, and you feel that it is offensive. Your sensibilities are compromised because of it. But I, I, I just want you to know, I'm not trying to get out of do, reading the book and doing the report. So if you want to give me two other books to read and do reports on, I will happily do that. So I, I sure do appreciate your accommodation. I think that is totally valid. Please send all the aforementioned stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Nathan. Todd, is Christmas a pagan holiday? Depends on how you celebrate it. Do I understand that the origins of Christmas have maybe have borrowed from different pagan religions? Yes. That was centuries ago. I just don't think that there's anybody who is putting up a Christmas tree who is going, this is so we can worship our pagan deity. Now, if you're doing that, then it's pagan. But if you're just putting up a tree, you put up lights, you can attach Christian significance to those. Jesus Christ, the evergreen, never dies, everlasting life. He's the light of the world. He's the greatest gift ever given. You can attach Christian significance, but I don't think that you have to attach pagan significance or feel like those things are sinful because perhaps it's possible they might, they might not have. I'm, I'm not sure the history on it is that overwhelming. But even if they did, and you, that's not how you're doing it today, I, I just don't think you're sinning. Having said that, the crass consumerism that is Christian, that takes our eyes off of Jesus, that's what we should have our eyes on. I don't think you need to stop making your sugar cookies or those peanut butter cookies with the chocolate kisses. You never see those any other time of the year, do you? Those are just Christmas cookies. Yeah. And are those those uh, the almond cookies with the with, with the powder? You got to be careful how you eat that because if, if you just kind of like, you're going to get some powder down your throat and it's going to be like one of those YouTube games that kills you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> be careful with the Italian cookies. You can keep making them. Keep having your feast. Just remember why you're doing it, what we are celebrating. It isn't stuff. It isn't family. It isn't just a warm, fuzzy season. It is the greatest miracle ever we celebrate. That's right. I said the greatest miracle ever. Why? Because the infinite becoming finite, you don't get a bigger miracle than that. Idea at wretched.org. Right, Jimmy, do you celebrate Christmas in your house? I do pagan i know it sorry i wasn't listening to what i just said <laughs> do you find it as easy as the rest of us do to really forget what we're doing i gotta go get presents we're just you know we just on auto and the pressures of the culture and it, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something that i find convicting is that we christians myself included we do not celebrate easter to the extent that we celebrate christmas those two holidays are big why is it that we give so little emphasis and effort when it comes to Easter? At best, we buy a chocolate bunny for the kids, maybe a basket, maybe. Did you get gifts for Easter as a child? I did, yeah. Spoiled. I was. I didn't get gifts. I'm we sorry. survived on a crust of bread every day. 
I'll get you an Easter basket this might year. Might be slightly exaggerated, but we didn't get presents. We, you know, that the would the eggs get hidden around? Yeah, if we did eggs that year. So why don't we do more? And I think the answer to that question is because culture doesn't do more, and we're following culture's lead on Christmas far more than perhaps we should. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Cole. Mr. 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 Friel, um, I'm taking a sociology class, and the question of the classic trolley dilemma has come up, which is the dilemma that essentially asks if it would be just to sacrifice one innocent person to save five or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The best way to respond to those gotcha questions that are used all the time in university classes, whether it's philosophy or not, doesn't matter. Those types of Attacks on Christian thinking happen in every single field at university. Every single academic pursuit will somehow find a way to bring in Jesus and to go after him. Never Muhammad, never Islam, just always Christianity. So the scenarios, there are many. That was the trolley one. Okay, five people are going to die, but if I kill this kid, those people will live. I've heard that from the train track illustration also there's one person on the track there's a bunch of people on the train if you don't kill the person on the train track then the people on the train will crash and they'll all die what are you going to do and the answer is i'm not going to participate in your fictional gotcha scenario you're creating that scenario i i i'm not the one who is creating that scenario. I will do what I believe is right and just, and I'm not going to feel guilty about it because you create something fantastic and import me into your fantastical world. Just don't participate. Don't buy them. Don't let, don't, don't let them bully you. Because what they're trying to prove is utilitarianism. You can, do, you can do a bad thing for a greater good. That's not Christianity. We don't ever kill anybody. We... We would do everything that we can to get the person off of the tracks is what we would do so that everybody can live. So if you go to university and they're slinging those at you, just know what's behind it. It's a desire to erase morality, that a wrong makes a right or a right makes a wrong right or whatever that fortune cookie reads. Just don't 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 let them bully you when it comes to utilitarianism. So you could turn it around. Let me ask you a question. So are you saying that it's justifiable to commit homicide? So you believe that there are times when it's okay to murder somebody. Is that what is that what you're telling me, Mr. or Ms. Professor? Because I think, I hope you would say that it's never ever right to take the life of an innocent human being. Anybody else think about abortion after I said that? This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we start with a new survey, which has revealed a very disturbing new trend. From the Society of Human Resource Management, the survey found that the number of companies offering paid maternity leave has dropped 18% since 2020, while the number of companies offering to fund abortion grows every day. Two major companies, Lyft and Dick's Sporting Goods, are currently facing complaints for funding employee abortions and travel expenses if they should have to travel to a baby murder-friendly state, but cutting and not offering equivalent benefits for mothers not willing to murder their babies. 
and this trend I'm afraid is only going to grow as the disdain and hatred for the family continues to grow. But we can celebrate a bit as the Texas abortion ban recently hit the milestone of being in effect for one full year. And so what are the numbers? How effective has it really been? Now get ready for this. Over 40,000 babies have been saved from abortion in one year from one state. We definitely should be praising God for that. And also let us all be in prayer, not only for the babies who are being saved all over the country, but for mothers who feel like they have no choice but to abort. We should be praying for these women and looking for opportunities to help. Look, it's not enough for these laws that have allowed the genocide of abortion to be overturned, but we also have to be the church and minister to and help these women. Um, this is such a fun news story. Last week, our friends at Disney continued being Disney and released a brand new cartoon, which they've named Little Demon, and reports are indicating that it is every bit as evil as it sounds. The cartoon follows a woman who was impregnated by Satan and her daughter, who is referred to as the Antichrist. The show features demonic witchcraft, pagan rituals, blood, gore, nudity, Yep, it's a cartoon from Disney who said they were not trying to warp the minds of our children. And that's actually correct. They are not trying. They actually are warping their minds. Surely you realize by now just how horrible a lot, not all, but a lot of public education has gotten. Well, it isn't just public education that's trying its hardest to warp the minds of our kids. No, take a listen to only a small snippet of this nearly eight-minute video that was recently shared by Project Veritas. They were fancy private school up on the other side. Unfortunately, it's the white boys who feel very entitled. And if what you just heard wasn't bad enough, there is so much more than I didn't share. Listen, parents, know your children's teachers. Know the school administration, the librarian, the custodians, the lunch lady. Know the people with daily access to your kids because the world, they're not hiding their intentions anymore. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Lexicon. There are many words to help us understand the nature of the Bible. Words like inerrancy. The Bible is the word of God, and God cannot err. Therefore, the Bible is without error. We know that God has revealed himself truthfully in the pages of Scripture. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Pick up your phone, not that it isn't already in your hand, and call us... This is Wretched Radio. My daughter informed me that there is a new phenomenon in addition to tech neck. Do you know what tech neck is? Because you're looking at the technology so much, your head kind of droops, oh, yeah, 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 sticks yeah. out, sags down, so everybody walks around like shaggy. But she also <laughs> said that you get you get pinky crook. Ah, making that up, but because you know how you hold your phone in your hand, put take your phone right now. I know it's near you, and put it in your hand. Where does it sit between those two knuckles on your pinky, which is causing it to be indented? Which means if we keep this up, we're gonna have a lot of crooked finger droop neck kids. That's evolution or something like that. One eight seven seven two eight two beef, Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> Do you recall who your predecessor is 
here at Wretched Radio? I do. Joey. Right. All right. Joey put together this open. I just I just listened to this. We've already played it, but this is what you typically hear at the beginning of today's program. No, you don't hear that one. You hear this one right here. It's the Wretched Radio. That's that's the one that you typically hear right there. Why? Because I told him, I said, Jimmy, this opening is so long. So what did he do? It's the rich. That's all. He, that's what he cut off right there. <laughs> Didn't shorten the thing. Takes off like two it's seconds. Radio mail call. <laughs> Shall we? Idea at wretched.org and one 282 beep 877282 Todd, my husband and I are considering leaving our church of, I mean, since birth for my husband, since I was five for me, due to, we got a new pastor about three years ago and the church is moving in a direction we don't agree with. And we've done the things, we committed to serving, we served last year, we've talked to a lot of people and generally the advice we're getting from other congregants is to stick out the pastor because he won't be here forever. I, I just don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> you know, there are times that I think that that's good advice. When you know that the fellow is nearing retirement, you know, it's like three months. Okay, let's see what happens here. I can I can understand that. I don't think that's valid when it comes to being plugged into a church and being a serving member. When we do that, now, we constantly promote church membership here, constantly. So, dear elder, don't hear this like this is an assault on you. We are saying we're submitting to your authority to your leadership. We are trusting you to tend to our soul. We are trusting that you will have enough wisdom and sense that should I go straying, you will go out and find me and pull me back into the fold. That's a big deal. And if you don't have elders that are qualified to do that, um, yeah, I don't know that you just want to stick it out because, well, you know, Five years. He's already been here like three years, and the average is is six years. So you only got three years to go. I I I don't think that that is rationale. That is wise. What should you do? One last thing, but before you go, okay. Two last, okay. Three things before you go. Go. I'm recalling an article by Tim Challies. By the way, next week I think, give or take. We're going to be releasing the Tim Challies Breaking Bread episode that I did. It will bless you. I'm just telling you, it will bless you. If you have ever suffered loss, if you ever plan on suffering loss, and if you're not, you should because you will. Tim Challies is going to help you walk through seasons of sorrow. It's his new book. We have it in our store, by the way, wretched.org. It is a great book. To, to read the emotions and the theology of a man who lost his son at the age of 20. Oh, it's such a great book, and Breaking Bread will be coming out soon. His article said that you should go through the church directory and pray for everybody. It, it just reminds you you're leaving more than a pastor who's going in a different direction. You're leaving all those folks. That's one thing you should do. I think it wouldn't say it's you got to do it, but I do think it's a, a nice nugget of wisdom. Second, you've got to discover, uh, do I have any options? Don't go without having a place to jump to. You, 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 you're going to just fall in the water. You want to land on a rock. 
Jimmy, how's this illustration working out for me? So you're in a sinking boat. Don't just jump out into the ocean. You need to jump onto a rock, which means you need to find a good church. There are some websites where you can do that. You can go to founders.org slash church dash search. You can go to tms.edu. And I could be wrong about this, but if you happen to be at the Master Seminary, what are you what are you trying to hide where your graduates are pastoring? Their church search feature. It, it can be a challenge to find, but just Google Master Seminary, find a pastor, and it'll it'll take you to a reliable place where you can find a minister because you don't want to jump without having a rock for a pastor. And then I might suggest this, before you go-go, if once you identify that church, because if you don't identify a good church, a better church, well, you might just have to stay there unless, of course, they're compromising on orthodoxy. But I would call up that pastor, introduce yourself, and say, we are currently members of XYZ Church. We've been considering making a move. We see your church. We've listened to your sermons online. We watched the wretched video about 25 questions you should ask a pastor before you join a church, something like that. And so we're interested in your church. Could we meet with you to discuss it before we terminate our membership and transfer it to you? That's just a really smart thing to do because that individual will be able to dig into your heart, look for your motivations quiz you to see, are you really being wise about this? Because a good pastor will do that for you. A bad pastor would go, oh yeah, they're terrible. Come on over here. No, a good pastor is going to care for your soul and he's going to respect the other elder down the street and the institution that Jesus is building. And he will give you the wisdom that you need. one 282 Listening to a episode that you did earlier this week talking about childhood suicide rates rising during the lockdown. I live out here in the People's Republic of Washington State. Now, wait a second. All right, my West Coast brothers and sisters, you got to get your act together on this. Is California the communist state or is it Washington and Oregon? Which one? Could you maybe y'all could get together and figure it out? (laughs) They can't can't decide who's going to lead, though. I'm not sure that there's a distinction. <laughs> they aren't just leading left. They are crashing into, well, what is in America? And uh, we went pretty much into a full multi-month yep. lockdown for yep. school. And during that time, uh, we had two high schoolers in my small town commit suicide. Uh, That's about a 14 to 15-year-old and then another 15-year-old. It's just not a coincidence. just wanted to give some anecdotal evidence for your point. Uh, you know what? <sighs> that, that, that's heavy, Mrs. Marsh. That's, that's like, yikes. You read statistics. Isn't that the way that it is? You hear a statistic and it's like, oh, that's something. Well, but you hear an actuality and it, and it brings on a whole lot more perspective, doesn't it? I think it was it, uh, if you cite, for instance, Stalin killed 30 million people in, in his communist efforts. You go, well, that's a lot of folks. Uh, you got to bring that, make it a little more. How's about you get introduced to Helga and you hear about Helga and how she raised her kids and how now she just got her first granddaughter and she was executed by a communist. Now that has some feeling to it. So, sir, 
Thank you for that feeling. Hey, Todd. My wife and I just watched Genesis Paradise Lost with our two oldest daughters. They're 11 and 9. And uh, my nine-year-old, after watching that, really felt like, man, we can never be good enough, you know? And, and she was getting kind of down. She's a very mm. sensitive girl, too. So she, she starts to get almost a defeatist attitude. And, of course, my wife and I go to her and say, no, honey, that's, that's why you run the Christ, because yeah. it's true. We can't be good enough. And he was for us. But she gets really down, and I, I don't want her to get into an attitude of why even try because we can't be good enough because sometimes I feel like she's getting that. Um, what's your suggestion yeah. in raising kids and teaching them that, that balance between law and, and the grace of the gospel? I think there's there's two places you can run to the book of James. There are some people who are tender that that demand that we engage with them not with fire and brimstone, but much more tenderness and gospel and much more encouragement. Now, you'll want to make sure that the scales don't tip, and then they're like, well, we don't even need to try at all. So be careful for overcompensating. The second place I would encourage you to go, Dad, and by the way, Jimmy, this sounds like a good pop. He said exactly the right thing to right. his daughter, uh-huh. who's feeling the burden of sin and a defeatist attitude. That's what you got to keep running to Jesus. So keep doing that, sir. Keep doing that, Mom. And maybe get Richard Sibbs, The Bruised Reed, and you'll read this Puritan's take on the tender hearts that just need an awful lot of gospel encouragement. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture and all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, Four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Here's a fun fact. Did you know Todd also hosts a daily TV program? Yep, that's right. Wretched TV is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters, conversations about tough theological issues, and like a jillion other things. And you can find Wretched TV pretty much everywhere. It's airing on over 135 Christian TV networks. You'll also find the show on streaming services like Roku, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, Amazon Fire TV, and as always, the very trustworthy and reliable wretched.org. This, of course, is only possible because of our gospel partners. It's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year. And so can I ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. You can find out more about becoming a Wretched Gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate. To 
200. That's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. The fall brought conflict into the world, but through Christ, God has brought peace into the world. Peace with God, peace with man, and peace with self. True peace is only known in Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, look at you. Making church signs. You love our signs. You know you love, you love our signs. You know you love it. You love our signs. You know you love Straight it. from the big guy. Yeah. We know just what he'd say. Like, oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. And we call it a church sign. This is Wretched Radio 1877282Beep. Jimmy, the hits just keep coming, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's there's a lot of bad church signs out there, and we're grateful when you call them in to 1877282 Church Sign. Will not need in heaven. Dock, lock, clock, or glock. Hold on. Doc, we won't need a Glock, right? You won't need a clock. Yeah, but that is not. Wait a wait a second before you get to the clock. The Glock. Will we have guns in heaven? And you would maybe say, "Well, no. Why? Why wouldn't we have guns in heaven? Yes, they can be used as a murderous tool. There's no doubt about that. But can't they be used for fun, for sport? Now, I'm not saying we're going to be shooting animals in the new kingdom. Don't know about that." But guns innately are not sinful. In and of themselves, they are no different than this peach mango, low-calorie, no-sugar-added body armor light that I'm consuming. Will we have the peach mango in heaven? Probably not because it's consumable, but it's not heavenly. But a gun doesn't have to be disqualified from heaven because it's not a sinful thing. And God could allow us to have those, especially the people who enjoy those, to use those. But it wasn't just Glock. It was Clock. Clock. Lock. Lock. And Dock. Glock, Lock, Clock, and... Okay, I'm thinking about the Clock thing, for starters. Will we need a Clock? Okay, well, eternity goes on forever. Does that mean we won't have a concept of time? I... I don't it it's I mean time does pass if that mechanism exists. God is outside of time and yet he created time. I'm not sure we won't be without a wristwatch. Oh, I had that meeting. I was we were going to go to that conference. Peter is teaching. 
today. And I wanted to hear about how he got reinstated by Jesus with the threefold questions. Gotta go. I'm not sure that we won't have clocks, even though heaven is certainly eternal. Okay, so Glock, clock, rock? Lock. Lock. Oh, we won't have locks in heaven. Agree with that one. And and doc. Doc. Doctors? Right. Ah, not like the thing you launch your boat off of. Right. (laughs) And we won't have doctors. I, I, well, I gotta tell you, that sign, it batted better than most highly paid professional baseball players. One eight seven seven two eight two. Church side, if God were as faithful as you, would you be worried? God were as wait a second, did they did we get subjunctive in there? Hold on. Church side, if God were as faithful as you, would you be worried? Yeah, I, I would. But I'm not sure what the point of that question is. Church sign, if you don't have the bread of life, you're toast. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm having a mood swing. Actually, every week I have a mood swing. I just, I, I just, I ricochet Kareen from being agitated to downright furious to just, ay, ay, ay. I, I just, Anytime there's a joke or a pun about God or his name, ooh, or any of his titles, ooh. Instead of church sign, it's a real estate office sign, and it says his mercies are new every day. Yeah, well, okay. That's true. For a real estate company? Wonder how their business, it's tough to be in the real estate business right now. The market, boy, did it do a switcheroo in the interest rates. So if you're a real estate company that's doing that, willing to potentially sacrifice business to put a Bible verse on your sign, I say good on you. There's a place that I drive by in Atlanta. I don't know if it's used cars or new cars, but the individual, whoever's running the place, feels the need to put self-help slogans up. The best decision you'll ever make is to decide to love yourself. Crash, bang, boom. Quit imposing your worldview. Quit preaching at us, car dealer. Church sign in 2022, God in you. I'm not a rapper fellow. Not a poet. That just is not a good rhyme. Methodist church sign, Jesus trusted women. I... That would be an anachronistic presentism chronological fallacy. That's lingo we use today. Do you ever watch any of those period pieces? I, being a good husband, do regularly. Because <laughs> Mrs. Freel loves to watch those things. And it's it's not constant, but I don't know that there's any period piece that isn't taken directly from an original source, whether it's Dickens or Austin. But ones, you know, that are made up in the word back in the Victorian era. And they'll, Downton Abbey did this. Downton Abbey. When, when, when the butler, the, the, the kid, the guy who was the, the, the gay butler, when they, they learned it at the table. Well, don't you think God would just want him to love himself? Okay. No. Julian Fellows. Fellows? Flowers. Julian 
No, it's Jay Flowers at Grace to you. Julian Fellows, that is an anachronism. That's how we talk today. They wouldn't have talked like that. And I don't think that saying, I think what, what's wrong, what's not quite right about that sign is, is, is that it's sort of like, so Jesus would endorse the feminist movement, I think is at least a bit of the implication. Now, did Jesus trust women? Um, what does that mean? What, did Jesus love women? Yes. Did women follow Jesus? Yes. Did Jesus support Jesus in, in his ministry? Yes. But did Jesus trust women? If you mean by that, that he thought that they were capable and competent, sure. But if you mean something else, hmm. Church sign, Jesus said, I will be back way before Arnold did. It's true. <laughs> if I weren't so tall, I'd be tempted to slap my knee. Church sign. Noah was a brave man to live in a wood boat with two termites on it. Wait, what? Noah was a brave man to live on a b- wood boat with two termites. I don't know what that has to do with church. <laughs> well... I don't think two termites were going to be successful in boring a hole in the boat. <laughs> Furthermore, because God promised to save them, that wasn't going to happen. I, I I thought it was going to be, you know, at least Noah didn't have to be on the boat with his mother-in-law. Rob, Rob, Rob. He did have to spend 40 days and 40 nights with his wife. Rob, Rob, Rob. If you're going to put something on a church sign, make it worth somebody's while. Church time. We are Dairy Queen. But we have great Sundays. <laughs> this was a duet, Church Sign. <laughs> yeah, well, we well, get... you clever? This is our first duet. Yeah, we get a lot of them. Do we really? We get a lot of multiples, yes. No, no, no. I didn't mean that. I'm going to... It sounds like a husband no, 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 and no. wife. They no. tag teamed it. No, I put it together. Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> because we get a lot of multiples. No way. Yeah. You mashed that? I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> okay, so our church, what is it? Our church, well, hold on. Church signs, we are Dairy Queen. But we have great Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should get those two connected. We need a new Donnie and Marie. I think they might, that we need a new Elton John and Kiki D. Actually, we don't. The point is, I was envisioning a couple by the phone. They rehearsed it and then they did it. Cute. One of my favorite pictures, I know you didn't ask, but one of my favorite pictures, we were at a barbecue place. Our daughter and son-in-law were hoping to buy a house. What a nightmare it's been. They were hoping to move into their first home, and they were they they got the phone call from the real estate agent about their offer. And it's such a you, you can't really replicate that face of like worry, excitement. We're doing something big here. And the two of them were huddled around the little cell phone listening. It's like adorable. And that's what I thought you guys were doing. But then I find out Jimmy mashes it up. So here's the challenge. Are you a married couple? Because you don't want to be doing beep talk unless you're married. Do a duet. See what you can come up with as as just a a blessing to us. Church sign. Prayer is a weapon that should never be concealed. Actually, 
It should. We're not supposed to pray publicly so that people can see it and think that we're sanctimonious or sanctified or just really religious. So, uh, violation for pun and violation for it not being actually accurate. <laughs> if you're in charge of the church sign, this is maybe there are other ways to do it. I grant you that you can be creative, but the safest words you can put on a church sign are correct Bible verses. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.